Hi, I'm Trenton Stander. Hi, I'm Tim Brown. And, and this is the Open Heart Cast. Three, two, one, go. And welcome to this week's episode of the Open Heart Cast here with Tim Brown and Mr. Grant Stain. Is it this week or this month? Well, whatever, dude. It's been a while. <laughs> it's, it's been a been while. A while. <laughs> so, yeah, how's it going, Grant? What's been happening, dude? How's it? Yeah, I know. It's going well. Yeah. Uh, you say what's happening, you mean like recent work? Yeah, recent work, Stop. dude. What's been going on in your life? Well, I know, I know Grant went and did that Birchies thing yeah, with I think if we can get a bit more info on that. I, w- I was going to let him tell us, but... You yeah, know. That, that, was, yeah, that was definitely, <laughs> definitely a highlight of the year so far. Yeah. Um, yeah, I went to Bertie Rietveld, or Bertie Rietveld, mm-hmm. for four days for knife-making training. But the, the whole purpose, and that I had a chat with Bertie before the time, was that I wanted to get like a mind shift regarding making knives okay so the whole way i see it and the way i approach it it felt like i was sort of, sort of like flatlining okay and making the same stuff right maybe slightly better but making the same stuff over yeah. and over yeah yeah and the time with him opened the mind up very very nicely and definitely looking at it differently now now um, Bertie Rietveld, he is a guild member and has been one of the, you said, founding... I mean, I'm not sure if he was a founding member, but... But from the start. He must be very close. Very close. Very close. If he isn't, he is like from the beginning almost. Okay. For sure. Yeah. And he's been doing knife making, do you know how long? It's long, like 40 years. 40 40 years plus. Yeah. It's a lot of... Literally his whole life. After studying, he went into knife making and he's been doing it ever since. Wow. He's 65 now. Jeepers. So, yeah, so from, say, stopped studying 22, 23 to now. It's it's older than what you are treated. Yeah, it's true. He's been making knives as long as what I've been alive, more or less. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's a wealth of experience. When you get to spend time with somebody like that, it gives you a, a different window of. And uh, I think options to look crazy. at. If you, in his workshop, he's got one big wall there that he's put a whole bunch of these awards that hang on the wall. And it's not like, it's just, you, you stare, you look at these things and it's, you know, at an off show, you get the best bird and trout and the best folder. Yeah. Best in show, best that, art. Day. And then you get that best, best in show. Best in show. They all best in show awards. Wow. Jeepers. And it's Ohio. Texas, wow, Dallas, North Italy, yeah. this country, that wow. country. Guild show. <laughs> wow. and, and it's like, fool. Wow. Man. There's, there's more awards than, than knives I've made in total. Jesus. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's like definitely a South African, if not the world legend. Mm. You know that Las Vegas art, art knife show they have mm. once a year? I believe he's the only South African that, and it's only on invitation. You can't just mm. in oh, yeah? play, you know. Mm. And he's, I believe, he's the only South African that gets to go there. Mm. And that's pretty ugly. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 I think that was that was the one where I think Bob Lovelace used to be invited to that, and the okay. people would stand in the queue because you'd have like five knives. They'd stand in the queue 
just to get an opportunity to buy one of his knives. Yeah, what? Yeah. And the guys would literally buy a knife, turn around and sell it to the guy behind him for double the price. Damn. Yeah. So the next show, his price was double. Yeah, which <laughs> makes sense. That's crazy. Well, I think the only other thing I want to like definitely say about the thing with Bertie, it was so special that a guy like that would spend the time with me mm. and he was like really just a normal dude. Like, yeah. Friendly and polite and accommodating. Yeah. And patiently trying to transfer some of this knowledge yes. <laughs> to me. Mm. Uh, I mean, that's, I think it's pretty special. And, and the thing that, is, that a guy of that level would work with the, the bottom feeder sort of level guy. Well, know? the thing is, that's where he started, obviously. He, yeah, start, right. he started at the bottom. So he mm. understands the frustrations of, of a relatively new maker. You've been making knives, what, for like four, five years now? Three years now. Yeah. Three years now. Oh. Okay. So, it's so yeah, really it's still, still very new. Yeah. But he was there at yeah. one point. And I think the thing that makes mm. it extra mm. special is that it's a one-on-one class. Yes, it was one-on-one. Yeah. So there's no... That's beautiful. It becomes much more, you get so much more out of it. Oh, yeah. So I'll tell you, that, that entire time, he didn't do anything else. Like, you know, with his left hand, he literally spent that time with me one-on-one wow. the whole time. Wow. It, we had breakfast together, we had lunch together, we worked together, we had supper together. So I was like attached to the hip there for four days, which mm. is amazing what's beneficial about that i think is that you get to feel what a person is in the working environment what they're outside of that work environment as well who they are outside of that and yes. it creates a nice bond to sort of get a, a, a drift of how each other interact yes, on different yes. levels yeah. you know yeah. uh, when it's work time it's work time you might be a different person and when it's but it was you yeah. say you were still patient and very, All of those things. Very, very patient. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's great. And, and, uh, and uh, in Afrikaans, unmoedigend. Uh, encouraging. Very encouraging. Mm. Yeah. Mm. There were some spots that I, I knew I was maybe pushing my luck a bit. Yeah. And he would say, you know what? It's close. Just push a little bit more. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> he, was, yeah. he was like more like a dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, a good dad. Yeah, yeah. He was like, like a, a good, good dad. dad. Yeah. 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 Well, that's 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 the, that's the thing that's valuable about that kind of experience is that when you can walk away from it, and you can say it was valuable, but it was also very pleasant. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's the type of thing that I can completely picture that I'll do again. Yeah, mm. like in a year's time or so, I'd like to go do it again. Get mm. a refresher for sure. Yeah, and say push me a bit harder and show yeah. me a bit more. I mean, to have exposure to that level of maker, mm. and I, this might sound bad, but if if you don't do it now in our country with him, mm. you might have to fly to Italy to do it. Yes, yeah, exactly. <coughs> yeah, exactly. But Tim, you've just finished a beautiful piece. We got to have a look at it earlier. Yeah, it's a it's a small little gladius dagger. Yeah, it's only, it's only got a I think a fourteen inch blade. <laughs> <laughs> Is it fourteen? Eh? Yeah, fourteen. Inch. <laughs> it's, it's a, a big blade. Yeah, the last one I made for a guy in, in the States and uh, another guy in South Africa contacted me. He bought that uh, Sanmai um, Bowie with the red stabilized maple yes. handle. And then he ordered one of those, but he says he wants it just like two inches longer. Just a bit, you know. Okay. <laughs> so that's, that's a high stress ball because 
you know, when you're grinding the fuller, it's like, yes. the fuller's not too stressful, but when you start grinding, because I grind the fuller first, so that you've got your scent and everything, and then you work your bevels to it. Okay. okay. And you got to go slow. It's like, don't go too far. Mm. And then you want, you want to get it reasonably close with like a 60 grit so that you don't have to take too much of a 120, but you don't want to go too close. And then you've got to make the blade thinner to get the um, the fuller back in the center because you've grinded grind yes. part of the fuller yeah. away. Um, yeah. And did you make it? Did you manage to miss it? Or, yeah. yeah. Stay yeah. away from it. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to actually at the, the bevels, at the plunge lines, I had to grind a little bit more because after I'd done the rough grinding, then I just cleaned up the ricossa area uh, to a higher grit. And then there was like maybe an inch where I just had to just touch the bevels back again. Okay. But it's what makes it more complicated is because the blade gets wider as it goes forward that your angle of your bevel changes. So it starts pretty steep and then it like flattens out and you've got to blend that all in. So it looks okay. like one continuous changing bevel. You mean where yes. the where it starts at that point in the uh, at to going toward the tip of the blade, you yeah. want to change the angle at which you grind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To make it look like one continuous grind. I was finding that right. difficult on that on that, uh, I was a uh, Jeffrey re- replica. Yeah. I was finding that difficult because I, I did that one out of Sandmar. That's the one that oh, failed. Yeah. Um, got a big crack in that one. But uh, I was trying to do that and I was like, wow, this is actually not that easy. Like, mm-hmm. you got to blend it in. And and because on that dagger and also on the Jeffrey, it's got a recurve. Yes. Um, to get it even, you have to change the angle. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, I work it in stages and then on the on the course of grits and then when you get to 120 you start blending that across making longer and longer strokes yeah and when you get to the higher grits you can almost do the whole blade but because the blade's long yes. i tend to do two where the the recurve ends with the points on the corners yeah i do it up to there and then i blend from the tip back i've seen guys who do like almost like a plunge line as to where that tip Mm. or that or where that recurve starts mm. coming to a point yeah they they do like a, a plunge line mm-hmm. a subtle plunge line and that looks pretty cool too yeah yeah it that, um, yeah it looks a little bit difficult too yeah uh there's yeah. that knife make in the states i think it's tom brown he makes it it's called a tracker so yes. it's, got, it's yes. got a, a section close to the handle, yes. which is a different grind to the, the big belly on the front. Oh, that and that has the plunge line in there. Can I tell you something right now? That that knife is overrated, in my opinion. Uh, as a as a bush knife, as a, if it was, it's it's a survival tool. I get that, mm-hmm. and it, and for a survival tool, I agree. But as a bushcrafting tool, no, mm-hmm. no. It's that's the that's the heavy weight you carry. So, yeah, but then know. carry an axe. You know, if you want something that can do big, big work, just carry an axe. Especially in the African bush, maybe we don't mm. have pussy wood. You yeah, I know you're gonna hit a piece of uh, acacia with that coil. thing, and it's gonna go, eh, boss. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look, I've batoned acacia with mm. a mora, mm. and I mean they they production knife, but they're a good knife, mm. and uh, and it's done the job. But it's it bends that blade. When mm. it when the, the the grain structure of the wood is gnarly and twisted up, mm. it bends that blade. Yeah. It's putting a lot of stress on that blade. Um, and there's you know, these guys have broken mores on doing doing stuff in the African bush, mm. plenty all around the world. But <sighs> knives break. 
Yeah. If you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing with a knife, it's going to break. Yeah. You know, or if it's, you know, obviously compromised in heat treatment or something like that. No, but the thing is, if you look at, at the Moira knives, they're very good knives, but they're not, a knife isn't strictly made, you can beton wood with it. Mm. But it's not its main job. It's not its main job. Its main job is to cut. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. especially with the, the wild wood we have here, that the grain is all over the place. Yeah. Uh, mm. It'll twist the blade quite easily. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it, it's nice to have a knife, like especially if you're going to do bushcrafting and survival mm. and stuff like that. It's nice to have a knife that is capable of doing those things. But at the same time, carry the right tool for the job. Mm. And that's an axe. Simple as that. You know, if it's lead wood, you're going to want a sledgehammer. <laughs> no, uh, dynamite. <laughs> that stuff is cuck hard, eh? I was God watching God. Uh, one of the, there's a guy on, on Facebook, Uncle Rob. Yeah. And his solution is every, to everything is fill it with petrol and blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> like how to unlock a toilet. First, take the lid off the, off the system. Fill it with gasoline. Put the lid back on. <laughs> attach a string to the handle. <laughs> throw a road flame. <laughs> walk away and pull the string. <laughs> no more blocked toilet. Because there is no more toilet. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not um, blocked. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not there anymore. Yeah. But, um, you know, you get uh, you get guys out there who just like fucking with fire. Jack's, Jack's one of them. He's a pyrotechnic, bro. He's pyromaniac. Pyromaniac, that's what I mean. Mm. Um, he just fucks with black powder. Any excuse he gets, he fucks with it, bro. Yeah, and well, I'm just like, yes, it's like, <laughs> it's a bit wild, eh? Yeah. No, it's not that wild. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> what have you been up to, Trent? Man, I haven't seen much on your, your feed. Dude, you're talking shit. Like, I made <laughs> I made that, uh, that uh, San My Chef's Life the mm-hmm. other day. That turned out really well. I was really proud of that piece because mm. that, to me, that to me was the best knife I've ever made. And it's not the best knife ever, but it's the best knife I've made. Well, and that yeah. to me is progress. Yeah. And uh, and that's what I'm trying to look at more these days is just the, the small wins. Like mm. it's not the best knife you will ever make, but it is your best current knife. And um, and that's all I'm trying to look at right now. I'm not trying to judge myself by anybody else's standards, but I'm trying to judge myself by my own standards and my own capabilities right now. So that knife, I was I was proud of, even though I etched the logo in back to front. But um, that happens. Don't worry, when you, even when you even when you have a logo punch, I've put it on backwards so many times. Have you? you know, oh, upside that's, down. Yeah. <laughs> it's cocked to hand sand out, eh? Yep. No, well, a logo punch, you won't hand no, sand. No, you won't do that. You won't do so that. So it's, it's a unique selling point. It's a unique selling point. It's this like, will be a rare knife in the yeah. years to come. It depends on how, how often you cock. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's like the, the coin collectors, if they get a misstruck on a coin, mm. that hasn't been in, so it's in good condition. That's like worth way more than... Yes. A coin that's punched perfectly. Okay. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Because it's so seldom that that coin will get out of, or get into circulation or get out that of That makes it so rare. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. You actually, you want to go work for a place like the Mint or something, because it's the only place that really makes money. Hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> hmm. Kind of funny. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it was the first time that I was doing the logo etching without Jack around. 
He was just like, you know what to do, do it. And I was like, yeah, do you know what to do? But yeah, it's kind of nice having somebody hold your hand through the process. Because yeah. it's like developing it through the, the UV spray and then you put the posi over it and and this whole long process and then acid etching and oh my God. So it's you like, you do the posi etch and the, then you, you etch it with acid? Yeah, so what we do is we spray the blade with UV spray, let it dry for about two hours, put in a dark place take it out, put the posi on top of it where you want it situated, expose it. Um, depending on if you have a uh, etch on the blade, if you've got an etch on the blade, you want to do it for probably about a minute and a half. Mm. You want to expose it for a minute and a half. Then you take it back in, you take caustic soda solution, and you put a few drops over it, and you wiggle it back and forth, you wash that shit off until the posi shines out through okay. the, the exposed steel. Mm. Then you paint around that flippin' logo mm. with nail polish. Mm. So that it doesn't run. Yeah. And then you let that sit until it dries and then you put your acid on. And then obviously clean off the blade after that's done. But Sounds yeah, a it's a long process. And and Jack had held my hand through it a couple of times and this time he was just like, no, bro, you, you know the gig. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. And I did it, but I did it back to front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was the problem. So, so technically, the, it still says Trail Jack the Survival, just the other way around. Yeah, so it's <laughs> the mirror logo. Yeah, it's the mirror logo. <laughs> you must just use the other side of your camera to take the picture. <laughs> yeah, it's just like when you film it with your front camera, it comes out perfect. <laughs> I bought that stuff from a local supplier. Yeah. And, the, and the UV spray. Yeah, the yeah. old kit. Oh, okay. And I played around here with it for yeah. the afternoon. Yeah. And I. Chucked it in a box and put it in my garage. I've never touched it again. Did you get the Electro Edge one? No, no, they're, they're exact. No, there's the Fuzzy Edge. Yeah, yeah. With the spray and the whole. Have you got that. your logo and everything? Yes, yeah, so, yeah. I can yeah. show you how to do it. Made by a Greek. I just found it way too risky for a finished knife. Yeah. yeah. Then uh, what I do now is I'll take it for a, a laser. Yeah. But then I also have the Electro Etching here. Mm. And that seems a lot simpler. That those, yeah. I mean, you. Stick the little logo on, yeah. and you put the itch thing in the salt yes, water, yes, yes. and you hold it yes, there, and it just mm. does its job. It's sort of just straightforward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the, so, that's what uh, Colorway uses. Yes, yes. and I mean, yes. if, calls, if it's good enough for Colorway. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> for sure. It, it depends. Uh, it depends on what you want to achieve. Yeah, and the thing is, any. Uh, is a laser in logo frowned upon in any way? I don't see the difference. No. It, it's, it makes no material difference because <clears throat> whether you etch it in with uh, spark erosion with electro etcher, where you cut it in with uh, acid, where you engrave it in, whether you laser engrave it in, or you use a hot punch, no. it makes no technical difference. Still m removing material. That's yeah. what it's yeah. doing. Yeah. In a I think the one thing for me is the Sort of the sexiest one is yeah. the hot punch. Oh, yeah, 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 it's yeah got for a sure. It's got a little bit of pizzazz to it. Yeah, yeah, there's something cool about that. Yeah. No, I made both of my hot logo punches because it's a simple statue. Yes. Yeah. But uh, I want to get a laser engraver so I can make a more fancy one. I've got a dude. Donovan uh, sent me his number. I'm going to get my troll tracker survival, but just TTS knives. Mm -hmm. Okay. I didn't make it simple. Make a punch. Yeah, make a punch. Yeah. 
hot punch for my forge blades, which is predominantly what I'm doing these days. I'm not doing so much stock removal anymore. I'm doing predominantly yeah. forge blades. Yeah, I was watching some of your live streams where you're forging and your hammer technique is completely wrong. No, I'm chickening. <laughs> <laughs> your hammer technique from when you first forge with me to now is like night and day. Yeah. You can actually, I watched you how close you bring your hammer to your head yeah. and the, the arm action, the whip at the end, the way you're not choking yes. the hammer, like trying to squeeze the living daylights out of yeah. it. It's all changed completely. Thanks, bro. Good. I, I will appreciate that. that. I appreciate <laughs> you that. managed to teach you one thing. You, you did. You did. You did. Between you and Grant, for sure. Um, nope. I uh, I enjoy it now. It, mm. it, it feels like I get a lot of tension out of my body after I'm finished forging. I feel great. Mm. You know, after you after you've caught your breath, you know, of course, yeah. like <laughs> it takes I've, it out of you. Generally, after I've forged for like four hours, then I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah, look, when you do it for four hours, I mean, I I hadn't forged in a while the other day, and I got a whole bunch of blisters back Those for lady it. Hands. Yeah, lady hands, bro, lady hands. <laughs> but I got like five blisters on one hand, mm. but I forged for like three hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's going, you know. Mm. Oh. Um. But yeah, getting it, it, in mind it's summer as well, and it's summer, man. It was really hot. Yeah, oh, got, it was so hot. I got to make five sets of tongs this weekend. I'm looking forward to it. But you still do the tong training? Yeah, I haven't. Yeah. I haven't advertised it recently because couldn't be bothered. Okay. The, the price I want to charge. The first price I just put a feeler out, and I got a. I think I had four or five guys come. And then I put the price to where I wanted, and I've had no bites. And well, if they don't want to pay that money, then oh, I was it with the guys that came. It was great fun. I mean, like Donovan mm. did it. Yeah, he came through. I had a guy drive from Polakwane to come do it. Oh, I was there that time as well. Yeah, no, then oh. there was actually two. One from Polakwane, that that big oak. Yeah, the and there big was oak. another guy that came through. He bought. Uh, I think he's also Polakwane side, but he bought his own homebrewed beer. So okay. after we had finished the course, we chucked <laughs> yeah. the homebrew. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they knew about me and we made a few tongs. Yeah. Well, you made tongs yeah. and I sort of cheered you on. It's a shitload of info to take in, eh? It is. I That's... thought of it after that day, like the evening and the mm. next day, and I, I, I just realized there's no way I'm going to make this on my ace. Mm. I would need to write some of this down. Yeah. You have to. It's a very specific sequence. Well, that's like why. If you knife out, mm. you got a little bit more leeway. Yeah. And, yeah, on, on knives, you've got. And it's more intuitive. Like, yeah. you can almost see what the next step must yes. be. But with a tongue, you see, that's the next it's, step. It's a very. It's, it's a standard progression. You're repeating the processes over and over. Um, so, I need to answer the boss quickly. But yeah, when I was watching, uh, just while you add that, um, when I was watching oh. Tim forge tongs, just the tongs that we forged together, I was like, also, I was yeah. like, yeah, this is a lot to remember. <laughs> and like, you got to twist this this way so you can upset the material that way. And then you got to do this and this. And I'm like, yeah, I do. And Tim's just going. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck's going on here, yeah, but no, like I'm going with this. So you must remember, I've probably made, we have to guess, around about 500 tons. Sheepers. 
Because that, when mm. I started out... You better know how that fucking shit yeah, works. Man, you? <laughs> My first tongs were horrible, and now I've improved. But I started making tongs because I, I I did the Brian Blixen. Mm. I never had tongs. Okay. You know, I had vice grips and yeah, yeah, yeah. weld a stick on. I could weld. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I won that, that Brian Blixen, and I got a piece of Damascus, and I was making a knife for my uncle. Yeah. And I wanted to forge the tank. I didn't have tongs. Yeah. So I took round bar and I welded onto the clip of the Bowie knife. And some guy cucked me out about welding onto Damascus. I'm going to grind it out anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's not profiled or anything. Mm. And I said, no, okay, I'm going to figure out how to make tongs. And the first ones are shocking. And then I remembered I was trying to make the rivets like they do on YouTube. Mm. And instead of doing a hot cut, because it never hot cut, because I had an anvil shaped object. So I went and I, I upset the thing or something, and then I went to put it down, and I went to grab the angle grinder to cut it off, and I picked up the black steel. Oh. And I bought a nice oh. of my oh, yeah. Yeah. But then I made a few tongs, and then uh, Pietrus stays and the guy that makes the axes and those volatilizers and things like that, he pointed me, he says he wanted some uh, tongs for making axes. So I thought, okay. I'd seen a few different tongs for doing that, so I made him, I think it was a set of six tongs. He was my first customer. Okay. And then after that, this guy asked, Naka asked, and now if you go on to one of the South African knife making groups, I'm normally one of the first people mentioned if they ask about tongs. Sure. Um, <clears throat> but my tongs are functional. If you want art tongs, then you go to a guy like... Um, What's that guy? Ferrier's Race Ferrier's Race Forge. Ferrier's Race Forge. Uh, that's all. Yeah. He makes beautiful yeah. tops. Yeah. You pay for them. He really does make beautiful tops. Yeah. They are exceptional. Mm. But you pay for them. And and hammers as well. His hammers are gorgeous. I like... I, 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 I just hand, love the look. His hammers are, are fantastic, but they're not my... Not your style. Not my style. No. Okay, I love his hammers. Yeah. Personally, I love his hammers. I think they look amazing. It's the same as like Dennis Creel's hammers are completely different. They're also not my style. Yeah, yeah. I like hammers more like what um, Sam makes. Sam Town. Oh yeah, yeah. He makes beautiful hammers too. Uh, different style. Though, different yeah. styles. Yeah. I like his style, and then I also I'm quite. I like uh, Stuart's hammer. That st- it's, I think it's a stonemason's hammer. So instead of being like a sledge, it's longer and narrower. Okay. So you've got the same weight, but you're on a much smaller area. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you'll see when I forge, I've got a lot of hammers on my anvil. Yeah. But I, I do a lot of the stuff with the six pound. And then on my knives, I use that. It's probably about a, a four pound, but it's that long one. Okay. And I use that for... A lot of forging because it moves the material quickly because you're hitting on a small area especially yes. if i'm doing an integral if i hit that thing on the horn you've got a small area on a curve and it just yeah it just mushes i can forge out a, like 16 more from 16 more round i can forge it out like quickly because the trick is also you work it in sections at a time so you take yes. say maybe an inch and a half of material and that'll work out to about two and a half inches once it's to the right thickness. And then yeah. you just take another chunk backwards and another mm, chunk yeah, backwards. Yeah, Working on the horn. Yeah, on the horn. Okay. Yeah. So I work on the horn, the first heat. Yeah. And the next heat I go into the flat and I 
get it all nice and smooth. Right. By that time, it's already on thickness. Jeepers. No. You know, I was I was thinking about something the other day when uh, Donovan came over and we forged that uh, little uh, herb chopper together, and yes. like I was watching I was watching him forge, and I've watched Jack forge, I've watched you forge, I've watched Tim forge, I've watched Neil Stewart, all these guys, I've watched all of them forge in person, and it's like everybody that you see who's any good at it doesn't look like they're exerting effort mm. like it just looks like a fluid motion mm. and it's oh, when i do it what is it <laughs> no, but, but what i'm what i'm saying i'm, I'm saying yeah. the people that i think that are good at it okay, okay and this is what i'm saying when across the board when i was obviously there's different levels you can't mm. take a yep. guy like henning wilkinson and say that now, because I forge that I move as efficiently and I work as efficiently, mm. no, mm. no. But there's a fluidity to it, mm. yeah. and and knowing how to use the rebound, knowing how to use different techniques to draw steel out faster and be more mm. accurate with your blows, and there's there's a a certain type of fluid mm. to it, mm. and the more you can get fluid with it, the less effort it looks like you're exerting. Yeah, yeah, oh. you know. It looks like a very controlled dance that you're doing. Yeah, you want to watch a guy who's like really makes it look easy. You watch that that a guy from the Netherlands, Joey van der Spey or whatever. Yeah, he's okay. a bit dexterous, but he likes he's from the like the Brian Brazil style of hammers, okay. those big brownie hammers. But he's ambidextrous, so he'll hit with his left or his right, depending how he feels or what he wants to do. Yeah. yeah. But his motion and the way he hits, it's so accurate and it looks effortless. Yeah. And then, but he's more towards a heavier side hammer. And then you get a guy like um, Roy, I think it is from that, I think it's Christ Centered Eye Work. He only uses lighter hammers, like two and a half at the most, maybe a two pound. He's got a different style, um, but he does the same sort of job. Yeah. And then you get a guy like Daniel Moss who's like in between the two, but he tends to hold the hammer all the way back. So he used the full length of the handle. Sure. Okay. But wow. he went to, um, he studied blacksmithing at, I think it's Hereford College in England. So he's actually got a wow. proper qualification in blacksmithing. Goodness me. So he's also got a, a slightly different technique and they all work. It's they just what work. suits you. But the, yeah. the thing that you pick up when you watch them is they make it look easy. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm trying to say. If you like of course if you're any good at anything, you're gonna make it look easy. But I mean if you look at pro soccer players and they're playing around with a ball, it looks super simple what yeah, they're doing. But it's just smooth. Yeah. And um if you do it enough it you can get to and this is why I was talking to Grant earlier about um that uh you know, that thing that uh, Niels put in his story the other day. About like not even not one percent of knife makers do this exercise. Yeah, yeah, nails. yeah, like taking eight pieces and ending with eight pieces, forging them all to the same steps, and yeah. you know. But and do you see the other one? The one you put up, where you take your hammer and you polish it. Yeah, and then you go and you sit, and you get a whole lot of nails, mm. and you practice just hitting with the top right corner or the dead center, or mm. the, and you just carry on repeating that. But you got to do like. 200 nails each yeah. spot. Yeah. And yeah. then you go and you do, all right, this one I'm hitting with the middle. This one I'm hitting with the edge. This one yeah. I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds like ninja shit. 
Yeah, well, that's um, what Neil does. He does ninja he, shit. He does ninja shit. So, so you were we had a bunch of Austrian mates, mm. and uh, they had this drinking game that you take a stump, at sort of a meter, mm-hmm. say 300 in mm. diameter, and then you hit nails into it. Yeah. But you make a little hammer. It's got a tiny little head. It's like a maybe a centimeter diameter head. It's like those those the hammers the fairies used to knock in the nails. It's got a tiny tiny head. head. Mm. And the idea is you got you got to hit it. Mm. If you hit a fairy shot, you have to take a shooter. So you can't uh, like, go for a soft shot. You got to hit. If you miss it, you drink. If you clip it and it sparks, then there's some other penalty. <laughs> And then you eat it, and it goes in a little bit, and you go around, and then I think the last guy that actually gets it to seat, yeah. like it's in the wood, he can nominate somebody else must drink. And we played that thing for freaking hours. Cheap. <laughs> <laughs> and the punishment was harsh if you made mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, that's, I, I think that's, great, that's great motivation to learn so how maybe, to learn. Maybe that's why I, at least uh, I don't miss my anvil when I swing the hammer. Well, that's, that's the thing I was going to talk about earlier was was when we were forging this, this uh, you know, little herb chopper. Is that I had a couple of overstrikes and I was like, I'm getting too cocky. Mm. I was like, you, you need to, you need to focus on what you're doing here. Bring it, bring it down mm. properly. Mm. Get your technique down again. You know, well, yeah. I did it because I almost got a shine of the one yeah. time. Yeah, I did it last year when I was making it. I was in a cock mood because of the normal thing, denial, and uh, I was trying to murder the steel, and uh, I murdered a little bit, miss. And I oh. got myself a... Oh, did you crack yourself? Yeah. Oh, I was no. bleeding. It's like, ah, shit. Ah. I'm losing heat yet. Stop bleeding. <laughs> 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 I didn't drop. I stayed on my feet. <laughs> Sounds painful. Well, remember that time you daunted me over the head with the fly press? Yeah, well, you didn't you Yuckles, <laughs> That was... God. It was a solid. It was a solid one. But it was hollow. You could hear that hollow. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I noticed, you know started doing the Sanmar blades mm. is when you're doing the Sanmar you obviously want to for, when you if you're forging it forge mm. it uh, uh, quite hot yeah and then you are, I mean this might be common knowledge for other guys but it sort of dawned on me nicely then that you're not doing yourself any favors to, to, to push the time on the anvil no mm. no yeah. you work it out it's soft yes mm. As soon as it sort of fights back, yes, put it back in, and yeah, and then it, it, it's almost like you're doing quiet forging, it yes. doesn't even make a record, doesn't when you're doing that. It's soft, like a doof, yes, mm. uh, sound, and yeah, so you could, yeah, then you're working uh, very on the very high side of, of on mm. the heat side, like when I'm forging my tongs, and I use I like to use my six pound hammer because if it steals the right temperature and you hit it, it you can feel it like yeah. almost sink. sink. Yeah. 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 And then you, you try and push it a little bit longer and you can feel that it, it's not doing it. Yeah. And you're just wasting your energy. Yeah. Just yeah. Put it back. Just put it back. I forge yeah. normally four halves at a time. Yeah. So if it's not, I'll just put it in and take the next one. Yes. Uh-huh. It's the benefit of a gas forge. If it's a coal forge, you'd just be burning steel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, on the forge topic mm. or side of it. What also happened with that time that I moved from the mono steel to the Senma, 
is I upgraded my forge. Mm. And I literally, the steel comes out hotter. Yeah. yeah. A lot hotter. It, it sort of stays hotter mm. maybe a few seconds longer. Those bullets that we had today, were stay hot for Jeez, long. There were some of them that I, I was thinking, should I really put it back? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so exactly. I know I've done the little bit that yes. I should do. And this thing is still glowing. Yeah. Like, okay, I'll put it back. You try and... Yeah. Working that band. Yeah. No, especially, yeah, you know, when, when you're working with Damascus or Canister or something like that, yeah. the temptation's always there. Just give it a few more hits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's where the cock up that's, comes. That comes from the cock up, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, and the thing is as well is that one when, when you start losing that heat, it's better just to get it back in there because then it heats up fast again. Yeah. You know, it's like if you lose too much heat, it takes longer to heat up. Yeah. You know, the only thing just with, keep with that heat in the blade. Bronze forge with a, with a ribbon burner. Yeah. You just have to be careful that you don't overheat the steel. Overheat the steel yeah. too much and then you grow the grain the structure. No, the grain structure you can refine, but the amount of carbon loss you get, especially when you're getting to uh, the thinner sections. Right. Yeah. Uh, the amount of carbon loss you get. So it's more. I, I know you can burn out carbon, but it's more concerned about burning out the carbon than it is about growing the grain structure. Yeah, because the, the grain structure, look, it, it will grow, but you can... <laughs> Grant almost <laughs> fell there. It was left up there. Yeah. Trip me. Uh, you sure it was the laptop? <laughs> yeah, you was the laptop on the floor. Uh, yeah. uh, the grain structure you can still refine. Mm. Um, but when you like when you're making Damascus or Samai or canister whatever you want to work it hot, okay, because you're still yeah. going to do some shaping and heat refi uh, grain refinement afterwards. Yeah. yeah, the main thing is you don't want it to come apart on you. Yeah, and the worst thing is you you don't know that it comes apart, and then you're sitting heat treated the knife and you're grinding it in, and then you get this funny squiggle on the blade. And it just gets bigger and yeah. you get these blue spots and it doesn't want to go away. Yeah. And you try and push it, push it, and then you just, you just throw it in the fucking bucket. Yeah. I've done that way too many times. The pain. It's rough. It's rough. That's, that Sandmite blade kicked me in the nuts when it failed. Yeah. Uh, now, I was really bleak. I made a set of five hunting knives for a guy out of Damascus and I tried to do it on the anvil. And it was a fuck up. I think I, I had about, I've got about six blades that are broken. Oh. It just didn't well. And then I went to Jacques at the time and I just did everything there. Yeah. Because. Yeah. That's like a difference. Now, I didn't even have the fly press then. What's nice about the fly press is because it's not a impact mm -hmm. like a power hammer, it squishes it nicely okay. for setting the weld. To move yeah. it is... Yeah, it's not that fantastic, yes, but yes. for setting the weld, um, it's beautiful. Okay, because yeah. you have nice control with it, and that fly press you got is really nice. Yeah, it's, it's nice. great for bashing heads. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that I can tell you from experience. Already, I've done it to myself yeah. as well. I bet you have. <laughs> <laughs> Flies, but but you yeah yeah, but you never forget about that counterweight mm. next time, eh? You, Whenever I see that guy. I think it's Elliot Blacksmithing, that guy in Tasmania. He's got a, I think it's a number seven. That youngster. That the youngster, he sort likes of hangs on it. On it. Yeah. That guy gets the most out of his flyers, and he makes big bullets. Yes, that takes, you know, that must be like, how many, seven kilograms of you know bullets. Yeah, it's, it's a, probably a five, it's a six, big seven. bullet. It's fucking like that. It's cheapest. And he forges it all down, he makes beautiful mosaic. Yes, sir. By, by hand, just purely by hand. Fly With press, a fly press. Fly press, yeah. yeah. 
Jeepers. That's great. You must think that big billet, you've got to squish it down so you can fold it or. Yeah. Like he does, he makes, he made that set of beautiful Damascus hammers. That mosaic. Yes. Yeah. We still need to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We're going to make them. Yeah. Do you think we can do canisters? Of course we can. We can do it. We could do canisters. Oh. Oh, you know what you can do with canisters then? Oh. Is if you take the 15 and 20. And you, you know, like those old ice trays where they were interlocking. Yes, yeah, yeah. If you make like interlocking pieces like that, and you could put patterns, and you put powder steel in between them. Oh, yeah. And you can use super glue to tack them in position, and then you yeah. just fill it up with powder steel. That'll. Look. I've got some big square tubing for that. Yeah, because you're gonna have to have a fairly big. I think you'd have to start probably with a at least a fifty or a seventy six. Okay. Oh, that's something to look at. Mm. That'll be just. That'll be just. Yeah, because there's so much more that you can... Like doing a canister, this, you can do a hell of a lot with it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we... We did canister today for the first time. Bastards. Yeah, it was, it was great fun, man. <laughs> and it was the ball bearing type. It was powdered steel. Simple job and you did. The, I think one of the nice things about what we did today was because mm -hmm. it's ball bearings, because mm -hmm. we don't know they have squaring up dies. Yeah. And mate of mine said he was going to organize me something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. Six to eight months. <laughs> yeah, so with the ball bearings, it's fine. You can mm -hmm. just go for it, I think. Mm -hmm. But if you've got a pattern in there, you want to keep it Like square. a little cross or yeah. whatever, then what we did today, I think, will be a yeah. Bit of a problem. Bit of a problem. To yeah. try and retain that shape. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you essentially want to put pressure on from all sides. Yeah. And but also, if, you, if you're making it mosaic for like a hammer, you don't have to, um, you don't have to squash it that much. You just got to get it down to size. Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. And then Because yeah, you're not forging it into a billet thing. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Then what I do is instead of just punching a hole straight through, then you normalize it whatever and you drill two holes okay and then you punch out the piece in between oh so hmm. you okay so you give it a weak point you give it a weak point so, so it doesn't you just, you drift cut, around yeah you're cutting a slot out then mm. and also then you don't distort you won't distort the pattern, oh, the pattern so much yes, no. yes, yes, yes. Okay. ideally you Makes sense. take it to henning and pop it in the mill and cut a slot <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, if that's ideally, we can always get there. Done. Have you have you seen that knife that he's working on recently? I don't know if he's finished it yet. He's been working on so many, I can't keep track. The the one it's it's like I can't remember exactly what it looks like, but it's got this weird frame. It's not a frame it's, handle, it's but like, it's like it's got a back piece that's a wall walled up piece of yeah, piece of like steel. Two sections of handle. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. I and and then he filled brain. it with. He's got carbon fiber in there. Mm, mm. I think it's carbon fiber. Yeah, it's, it looks wild, bro. It's great. It hurts my brain just thinking about making it. Jeepers. Yeah, those inlays. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. And then I was watching him. He's busy with another frame handle. Yeah. And the way he puts it together, he hates pins. So everything is like slots and it all fits together perfectly. Amazing. Jeepers. Now that acts good. Nice. Oh, you look at that knife and you're like, wow, it looks stunning. And it's still just shiny. He hasn't even yeah. etched that dimensions. Yeah. 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 And when he etches this, you see, oh my goodness, the, the pattern of the Damascus matches the shape of the pots. Yes. Mm. yes. So if it's a, I don't know, let's say a god or a mm. quillen, 
and it's an explosion. The mask mm. is it, it starts from the center. Yes, mm. yes, yes. Yeah, no, he's he's great, crazy. man. He's amazing, and also just a nice guy. Mm. Just a nice guy. No, he's yeah. crazy. He's, I think he's going to the Texas Blade Show. Oh, really? Yeah, now in end of March, I think it is, or April. Yeah, I believe wow. that's why he's making these. Or it's, these knives that he's making now yeah. for that show. Because <laughs> no, it's, it's, I think it's the first Texas Blade Show. Because originally there was originally just uh, the Blade Show, and then they got Blade Show, and then Blade Show West, mm. and now they got Blade Texas. Okay, okay. And I think that that's pretty cool because if you want to submit for Journeyman Smith or Master Smith, you have to do it in person at one of the Blade Shows. Okay. Yeah. Isn't at least one of them in Atlanta? Yeah, that's the main. That's, that's the, the main show. Yeah, yeah. And then Blade Show West, I think, is in Orlando or. Okay. okay. But there was a. I, I was listening to Mareko talk about that, and the Blade Show West is at the same time as a big culinary expo. Yeah. So one of the knife makers, he doesn't get a table at Blade Show West. He goes to the culinary okay. thing just yeah. across the road, because. The market's all there. Yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Makes yes. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 No, that's great. Yeah. That's a clever move. <clears throat> I wonder if it's slightly cheaper. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's all in dollars, so it's fucking expensive. Yeah, it's all, it's all expensive. expensive. All expensive. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. The yeah, flights um, there alone, it must be. Well, right now, with all this. Accommodation. No, all the shit that's going on now, everything's more expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I when I. Flew down to PE for the holidays to my parents. Yeah. Normally you could get a return ticket for like, at that time, for like two to two and a half. Yeah. I think I paid three and a half. Cheapest. It's In, just, inflation. Inflation. Yeah. inflation. No, it's it's because of all the mm. the restrictions and the yeah, travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now they're not flying as many flights, so now the seats are more to premium. And yeah, yeah. The scale of economy. Because, yeah, I mean, SAA was... Well, I don't know if SA is flying at the moment. Mango's in liquidation. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. I don't know. They're all in trouble. Right? That's crazy. That's yeah, when, that's when it's run by the states. Fuck the couple of companies, eh? Yeah. Um, all this stuff. But anyway, that's 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 neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> other. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so over that conversation. Yeah, I'm like, okay. fuck that. It's like lost interest. I lost interest in that real quick. Sorry. Uh, we, we can always um, start talking about vaccines. Uh, yeah, but, <laughs> no, no, so over that is. No. <laughs> but we are we are also sitting here admiring Grant's flipping uh, Jack Daniels collection. No, we can't um, look at it, but I'll, you're I'll, not making much progress. Not, <laughs> not, you take need a long time. To get through this all, but like, how many years have you been collecting this stuff? Oh, about ten years, I guess. Ten years. Yeah, that's but, a short period of but, time to see how much you got here. Oh goodness, okay. Yeah, but you must remember, yeah. he's he's at a disadvantage because he drinks most of it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if you've got this much, you can flip and clap it, bro. This is amazing. I, I enjoy it, Jack Daniels. Yeah, but the collecting stuff I've never drank any of this. Yeah. Yeah, because you buy it specifically for for collecting, for collecting, and there's a couple of empty bottles here. Yes. Well, those accidents. You see, with, with the, the, the collectors call the the ones on the shelves the yeah. collectible bottles, yeah. and these sort of ones you call them drinkers. Okay, so, so they specifically made for, you buy them to drink them. Wow. Yeah, but it won't, I spent about a year like seriously 
acquiring high end stuff. The collection. The collection. The specific yeah. ones. Yeah. yeah. But the, when I started with up to now it's about ten years, but actively spending a lot of time finding what I wanted and it was probably only a year. Mm. But I spent a lot of time <laughs> But you obviously knew at that point you you your your love for whiskey was long time. Yeah, I love the brand, the Jack Daniels brand. Mm. And it's one of the few I mean I've, I've got a bar and I wanted to put some cool stuff in it. And it's one of the few whiskeys that they have these as many sort of different bottles and yes. whatnot. Mm. Yes. If, I mean, if you go, say, Johnny Walker, for example. Yeah, with the five bottles. Yeah, you can fill up maybe a shelf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they've yeah. got an eclectic mix mm. of different. Yeah, and then my collection is still small compared to this one guy in Pochostrum. Uh, he's just most probably 10 times as big as Really? <laughs> Has he got the Canadian bottles? Oh, the, the scenes. Yeah. I don't know, but I bought my South African ones from him. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did he have a, another set? He facilitated it for me. I, I knew where they were and I wanted them, but I didn't have access to buy from America. Okay. And he had a channel. Uh, so okay. I went to him and said, look, if you can get it for me and we discuss the fee and yeah. we've got it done now. Okay. So, so like, Grant's currently looking for someone in Canada for the Canada bottles. Yeah, yeah. If you're in Canada and you've got Daniel scenes. Is that the one with the French writing? It doesn't yes, make sense. Yeah, is yeah, that the one? It's got French on the label. Though. Okay. Why has it got French on the for, label if it's from Canada? Canada but, oh, they, they speak French. That's right. No, they're part they? French, part English. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, like Montreal, eh? Ah. <laughs> Quebec side is, is more French. Yeah. And then the other side is more English. Okay. Okay. But it's not that there's many people there because there's miles and miles of fuck all. <laughs> Sounds like Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah but Australia's got like you know, eight of the ten most deadliest snakes. So mm. the miles and miles of fuck all might just bite you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was uh, I was I was talking to uh, Alex Norton on the, on the Open Hearthcast the other day, mm. and uh, he was telling me that where he stays, man. He says it's 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 crazy big for for the island. It's mm. and it's just like from one coast to the other, there's fuckle in between. Mm. There's fuckle. Well, there's, not there's no stations. There's no shops. There's fuckle. Wow. Okay. It's no. just miles and miles of fuckle. Yeah. In forest and country. Yeah, because Tasmania is not really. It's mostly agricultural, as yeah. far as I know. Well, yeah, he stays on a farm, I think. Yeah. B- but. I'm not sure if he said inland or close to the coast or whatever. It's in but Tasmania, so it's got devils. Yeah, I don't anyway. <laughs> 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 but um, but yeah, he's he was he, he's actually, if I'm not mistaken, I think he said he was, he's a mycologist, and he was saying that the the lion's mane mushroom mm-hmm. grows that side wild. Okay, so you yeah. can go visit him. I'd like to. He's actually got wilderdacher growing in his back garden. Okay, yeah. And he was talking to me about that. He was saying it's there's got it's got something in it that uh, helps people with depression, like dramatically. Are you talking yeah. about the lion's tail? Lion's tail. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got some fancy scientific name as well. I can't yeah, remember it, yeah. but lion's tail, uh, but commonly known as wilderdacher. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, because he, yeah. I don't know, hydroponics thing the other day, and he mentioned it on on the comments mm. yeah. that he's got this South African plant. Yes, yes, mm. yes. This lion's tail. And lion's I tail. Yeah. Google it, and I thought, yes, I must think of a friend or somebody that's maybe got this in their garden. Yeah. Well, Jack's got it in his garden. Is it? Yeah. I must go get yeah. a, a little. I've, I've, I've been wanting to ask Stiffy him for a, for a little piece, but he'll yeah. think that I want to get high off of it. <laughs> you can I, it. I'm sure it looks <laughs> like a definitely that you can. Well, it's a cheap duffer. Mm. You get yeah. you get some feelings of euphoria, but the, the African people. I remember when I was in anti-poaching, this, this yeah. witch doctor chick who used to prepare our meals and stuff like that. A she, yeah, she was a sangoma. Yeah, um, and uh, she always used to point at this plant, saying to me, "This is an important plant. It's an important medicine." Okay, and she kept saying that this is an important medicine. And when when he told me about when Alex mm. told me about this mm. for for depression, mm. I didn't know about the depression side of things, but mm. I knew they used it for dysentery, for stomach ailments, all sorts of stomach ailments mm. and okay. things like that. And um, apparently, the petals hold mm. the chemical compound that is okay. beneficial. Okay. So, um, put, put, but yeah, they use the roots as well, tinctures from roots and stuff from the plant as well for like bee stings, scorpion stings, and snake bites as, as well. Okay. Really, really interesting. But um, yeah, he's he's a wise dude when it comes to like a lot of things, mm. of course. But what did you say his education is? With I think I think he said he was a mycologist. I could be mistaken on that, or he's interested in mycology. Sorry, he's, he is he is rather well. He comes across as being very well educated. <laughs> he's very well educated. Ah, mm, uh, oh, boss, don't <laughs> be like that. I'll ask you, about you one day. You had to get, get another dig. A quick story yeah. about the witch doctors and that yes. type of stuff. Yes. So my mate of mine sings me WhatsApps. From a guy that works with him, mm. he's forwarding these messages on, <laughs> and this guy says, "Boss, I need to. I can't come. The witches have taken me, and I'm bad. I'm bad. And it's all this. It sounds really mm. terrible. State yeah. this oaks in, and then, then like a few hours later, there's another message, and it says, "Now I'm feeling a little bit better. I went to the witch doctor and or the some coma and." It's better, and this guy says, I'm glad you're better, but I'm just checking that you maybe eat some of the cookies on top of the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yes, I only ate three after lunch. <laughs> oh, oh, dude. Listen, do I have a story for you about like, that listen. shit? Do I have a story for you about that shit? So I'm with Stoner Matt. Dude, yeah, so there's that time. I'll get to that story. You've done that story. I've done that story. Yeah. But but yeah. um so dude, we had some of these brownies left over there. Can some can tell you yeah. a, a half of a half will yeah. will put you on. So it's like I had a whole one. It was lacking. It you was could see the music when you close your eyes. Yeah, okay. It's great, bro. It's great. Um but dude, we we literally had a half of a half and the, the uh Henny Henny's wife. Yeah. She had a full one, yeah, and she it. was blasted, bro. She was out of it. <laughs> she didn't she know about She it. was out of it. Did yeah, you, she. So anyway, anybody ever caught it? Yeah, we. we <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so listen up. So so I had one of these things left over, and I thought to myself, ah, oh, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit old, but it's still edible. And I was just like, well, I don't want to eat this though. Yeah. So I was like, well, 
give it to the gardener, you can have it at home, but he had it for lunch. <laughs> Man, that guy, he started draining real quick. I could see it in his face. He's just, he was just like, <laughs> not yeah, wanting to work out. He got on Badrun. He got on his bicycle to go back home. And you could see he was like, fucking <laughs> going. Oh, and when shit. he came back the next week, I said to him, do you want another brownie? He says, no, no, boss. <laughs> what was in that brownie? I said, sorry, man. Did you tell him? It was weed. And he says, ah, boss. <laughs> I saw when he was talking about uh, the first time, because he doesn't, doesn't like smoking, but he likes edibles. Yeah. So there's a, because you could get your card in California for medicinal weed or whatever and he went to his, the shop and he said yeah. hey once there's a guy have you tried edibles he said oh no, no but I'll try and he says okay we'll sell you a muffin so he bought a muffin and he went to the little room because they prefer you to get high there and then go yeah, afterwards sure enough. and the Makes guy sense. came in and he said and he was licking the crumbs off the paper and said did you just eat the whole one he said yeah Said, well, you got to get fucking home now. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is <laughs> this is not a comedian's gig, wasn't yeah. it? And he said, "Why?" He said, "No, because he said things about to get fucking crazy, yeah. and I don't want you to get yeah. <laughs> And then he's, what did he say to him? He's like, "How far do you live?" He's like, "Oh, this far." And he's like, "You might make it." You might. <laughs> so he decides. No, he's gonna. Beautiful. He's gonna pull this one on his brother. Yeah, yeah. Because his brother, because he's the youngest one, so his brothers always used to pick on him and shit. Yeah. So he decides now he's going to do it on his older brother. So he says, to his brother, hey, you want to come around, you know, I've got mm. some stuff, but I don't think you should maybe have like half because I, I don't think you can handle a full one or whatever. And he's like, <laughs> playing yeah, he's he's like fishing. fishing. <laughs> and then he, he phones his middle brother because he says, no, he, he wants to, he wants to make sure that he really gets this. <laughs> and then he's, middle, I'll send you the list. He says, what do you mean the list? No, we had a list of shit that we used to, you know, we used to go through or, or pull on you and shit. Like, you had a list? <laughs> so his brother comes <laughs> there and he's like, and he pulls, no, maybe you just have like a quarter. And, it's, and he was like, he didn't eat his one. He, yeah. His brother was okay, I think you should go home now because it's just about to get real. <laughs> He went to the hospital and he's like, dude, I'm getting my numbers checked. What is it? He's like, he gets a text from his brother and it's just a whole bunch of numbers. And he's like, what is this? And he's like, I'm getting my numbers checked. I'm in, I'm in ICU. (laughs) (laughs) Just tell the guy he had an edible weed. Oh my word. Well, he's maybe not. (laughs) That was, that was a crazy funny gig. Yeah. Um, but your edible weed is is like it's underrated, man. It's mm. it's something. It's the closest thing that you can get to a spiritual experience by eating something. You know, uh, it's, well, uh, it's I don't know. Oh, psilocybin is something else, but like edible wise, yeah. like just well, it is edible. But like it's if you take enough, mm. ooh, man, and it's it's, it's, it's a rough it's not, it's not like a a rush, and then you know it's going to wear off. This thing. It's it's long and it yeah. comes in waves. Oh, and if and you think it's not like you can like oh I don't have enough weed I can take another pool and you like if you have one and then like nothing okay I'll have another one and nothing 
I have another one. And then the first one drops and is like, oh, I'll mention the pipeline. Because they, down. they're lacquer. They're mm. lacquer. They're nice to eat. Mm. But, uh, oh, like tasty. Yeah, tasty. Yeah, yeah. They're tasty. Yeah, she, it was made of that uh, coconut oil. Yeah, that Grant gave us. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you gave us the that coconut oil. Yeah, my driveway. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, that stuff's amazing. <laughs> that stuff's amazing. But, uh, oof, yeah. And Matt was plastered, bro. Yeah. He was he was out of it, but he was it was amazing. His eyes were shut and he was just like zoned out there. But he knew exactly what was going on mm. the whole time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like when you zone out like that, it's an uncomfortable Gosh. feeling. Uh, it depends. It depends on your mind state going in. Well, you can definitely get too high on on edibles. That's mm. for sure. It gets a, gets to a point where mm. you're just so uncomfortable <sighs> that you don't want to go through it anymore. But you have to because it's in your system now. Yeah, you and, don't just you don't and, just get that with edibles. Yeah, when, when you smoke weed, no, it's I mean, a it's a totally <clears throat> different thing. Because when you smoke mm. weed, your body processes it and it goes straight into your yeah. into your uh, into your bloodstream and straight into your Oh, yeah, when you it, yeah, yeah. But when you when you when you metabolize it, it co- it it creates something called uh, eleven uh, hydroxy metabolite, which is five times stronger than delta nine weed, which yeah, is it, what you smoke. Yeah, huh. it, it it gives you it, it, it attaches to different receptors as well. Yeah, so it it creates an entirely different chemical chemical compound or some mm. some sort of different reaction that's five mm. times stronger than if you had smoked the same amount of weed. Mm. It's crazy. Mm. It's crazy. In my brain, they all attach to my GABA synapses. Oh, yeah? Mm. And it just puts me to sleep. Really? Yeah. Really? All of it. The, mm. the smoking, eating, whatever else you can do with it. <laughs> if, if, I smoke, but, uh, if I smoke the right I'll, strain, I'll I get... You just get sleepy. One shot. Yeah. Not even sleepy. I just die. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I'll come back to life the next day. Yeah. I find if I smoke the right strain, it just and 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 only a little bit, just mm. a little bit, not just enough to take the edge off. Mm. It mm. takes the edge off. I don't feel so like nervous in social settings and things mm. like that. Mm. And it also just, as I said to you earlier, it makes me feel patient. Yeah. You know, I feel patient. I feel like I can take on more than. I feel like a nicer person too, for some yeah. reason. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's good that you do that because normally you're not so, so nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think in Jungian terms, in Jungian terms, I think his shadow is nicer than the real person. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. That's so nice. You guys are so you're sweet. You're my friends, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know. It's. But it also has to be the right strain as well, because mm-hmm. there's, there's strains out there. I've had I've had a strain called uh, Nine Pound Hammer. Yeah, see, that and, sounds subtle. And that <laughs> and that puts you down. It puts you down. You you smoke it and you just you dead. You fucking dead. Yeah. Uh, I I've had I've had Gorilla Glue and all that stuff, and none of that did that to me. But. Gorilla glue is what you're supposed to use to glue things together. No, not that Gorilla glue. <laughs> gorilla glue, Stanford sticky, purple haze, Durban poison, all that stuff. Durban poison is one of my favorites. It gives me a nice uplift. Mm-hmm. It's not a downer. But there's the, okay. the there's the sativa and the indica. And mm-hmm. which one is the body high? Is the sativa? That's yeah, science. Indica uh, is the like mind high, I think. I could be mistaken, but it affects you in two different ways. 
anyway that's that's just that but it's a nice stimulant for me the right strain don't flick your lighter sorry it interferes with the sound doesn't it yeah and it's right by the microphone right by the microphone football but <laughs> you guys you guys listen nicely this is the lighter yeah it's strengthened that's, yeah. That's it. yeah but that was grant <laughs> can i bum another smoke no you can't i can't bro please <laughs> I'll, I'll, I think I'm gonna. You're gonna bail. Make brown. Uh, yeah. I think I think we can call it quits for this episode. Yeah, uh, yeah. like chatting to you guys. It was great having you, yeah. um, Grant. We can all find you on social media, of course, at Grant yes. Stain Forge yep. on Instagram, Facebook, yeah, all TikTok, Queen, TikTok. Grant, you, you're exploding on TikTok at the moment. TikTok's doing good, eh? Yeah. Yeah. I put some movies on there. What's your Tinder handle? I thought it was the grinder. I thought it was grinder. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, thanks cool. for joining us. Thanks for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we will see us. you on the next episode. Yeah. Uh, don't be square. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Open Hearth Cast. Find us on Instagram at Open Hearth Cast, and we'll see you again real soon.